You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up NFL Draft Podcast with your host, Daniel Garrett and Mitch Wolf. Today, we are going to be going over the last three defensive tackles that we have for our summer scouting series. We have Devonta Wyatt from Georgia, Tyler Davis from Clemson, and DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M. So Devonta Wyatt is a senior, but he has been five years out of high school, technically not a redshirt because he is a JUCO transfer, was a four-star JUCO recruit. He's played, he has played significant snaps here at Georgia the past three years. He has played a total of 35 games. He has 74 career tackles, two and a half career sacks, and five tackles for loss. He is 6'3", 315 pounds. Mitch, what did you think of him? So for me, why it took me a little bit to kind of start to get like his game and what I thought he did well. So sticking with kind of the framework we had last week in terms of what I thought he did best was, I would say two things. One was his athletic ability, which was pretty surprising given that he's 6'3 and well over 300 pounds. I mean, he moves very well, especially laterally um, and in space. And the other one would be block shedding for run defense. I found a lot of plays where he was, consistently shedding his blocker um, at a timely method to tackle the running back in the hole. So that's something that I really liked from him. Um, the issue, and this is going to kind of harken back to our discussion on another Georgia defensive tackle is I thought his just pass rush ability in general was very lacking. And I would say, especially his pass rushing like power and strength. Um, and then to a slightly lesser extent, and I think this is what he can improve on are his like pass rush moves and his pass rush plan. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I had his uh, number one strength as just, I really loved his ability to hold up against double teams in the run mm -hmm. game. I thought that was his best thing that he did. He was also very versatile, lined up all over the field. For oh yeah. Him. I had him, saw him line up as a head up nose also in the, as a one-tech, two-tech, four-eye, four, and five-tech. Yeah, I think he played everything. I, and I think the only thing is, like, I wouldn't, especially at the next level, like, I just wouldn't even bother trying him on the edge because no, no, I would, he doesn't have that bend or, or athletic – or not – no, actually, he has the athleticism. He doesn't have, like, the pass rush moves to just – it's like – it's just a wasted rep, basically. Yeah, I would agree that you really don't want him playing anything outside of a four-eye at the next level. They obviously with Georgia, they do twist and slant their line a good amount. So he did do that a lot as well. And I also liked his ability as a pass rusher. I know he doesn't have much, a lot of moves, but just he was hustling to the quarterback and he was able to work through the sludge really there when there was a buildup of 
a bunch of linemen just packed together. He was able to work his way through that. And obviously that isn't a technique thing. That's more just uh, you're hustling to the ball kind of thing. And I thought that was another thing he did pretty well. Yeah. And you definitely, you'd like to see that from bigger defensive tackles. I, th- I think my issue just with the pass rush thing is that but he also is coming off the field on a lot of third downs, especially when they're passing downs, which, you know, they have a lot of really athletic defensive linemen. So it makes sense, but also like they just know that like, okay, he's not offering us that much. And like, you can see that in both his like power skills, which he wasn't really able to bull rush many people and his lack of you know finesse or technical um, like technical from a technical standpoint of his hand usage. Yeah. And that gets us into the weaknesses and, my weakness that I had for him was his explosiveness, not only as that first step, but also his mm-hmm. explosiveness and getting the power into the punch. Yeah. Both of those I thought were something that he lacked and definitely something that it's hard for someone of that size to be super explosive off the ball just with that first step just because they are bigger and generally a bit slower. You kind of expect it going in, but it is something that you do look for and something that we'll see a little bit later with Leal, obviously, as a guy that yeah, can I'm one, do that. I'm, one, I'm wondering if he got kind of an unfair shake with some of the guys we, we watched for today and last time is that, he, you know, he, oh, oh, no, he doesn't have DeMarvin Leal or Perry Winfrey's <laughs> explosiveness. What do we do? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I, mean, yeah, that's, I was that's trying, <laughs> I was trying not to compare much of those guys, but just as a yeah. general thing. But really, oh, yeah. <laughs> looking at similar build guys, he is a little bit bigger. Well, not a little bit bigger. I think he's built quite a bit bigger than Tyler Davis. And oh, mm-hmm. but you also get a good comparison to Corey Durden from last time, similar body type. And I did yeah. think he was a little bit more explosive than him. Which is good. I did think Durden, his first step might have been a little bit better, but it was close. You're looking at those two were pretty close explosiveness wise, and you have a lot better run defender in Wyatt as that comparable body type. And that's especially when you're at that size, that is something you look for more in that size than someone that's a 290 pound pass rushing tackle like a Haskell Garrett you're definitely looking more for that run defense. And what were his uh, points to improve for you here, Mitch? Yeah. So for that, I, this kind of just kind of what I'm saying is like the pass rush moves. Like he, so there were like a few that I saw. Um, He has like a kind of a a nice, a few like nice swim moves. Um, He had a few spin moves, but they weren't really like a setup spin move. It was more like he was being blocked and then kind of just spun out of it. Um, He's not really using club moves a lot or just kind of trying to deflect the offensive lineman's hands or anything like that. So at least on a consistent basis. So I think that if that's something that he works at and adds to his game, he could be a really special prospect. Yep. And I also had the same thing down, just getting a better repertoire of moves, being able to come in to the rep with a plan of what to do with the pass rush. And Really, if he can get that, we're looking at a pretty solid player, a player who's already a really good prospect as it is. So where do you have him right now, and where do you look at him if he can improve those things being able to get up to? I think right now, because he kind of – he offers you, like, a lot of those baseline traits that we were kind of saying we're missing with some of the other guys we talked about, um, like kind of like missing from Durden or Stills maybe – 
Um, so because like he's like that plus run defender and you know he's not the greatest pass rusher, but you know, there's stuff you can work with. I think we're looking at kind of an early round three guy. Um, because you know, he off he's a big guy, he can play a lot of positions on the defensive line. Um, he had like we talked about, like, he has a good motor. He has a lot of experience. So I'm thinking that early round three range, I think if he can add that pass rushing element to his game, both from a power and a finesse standpoint, he could rise up and, you know, maybe be a mid date or mid round two pick. Yeah, I would agree with that general placement as well. I had him graded out as just a very, very low late third round pick. And generally I have a little lower on defensive tackles than where they go just because it is a position where they since there's a lack of that top tier talent they generally get moved up so I definitely could see even a late second being in the cards as is just because of there being a lack and I do think he has a chance to end up being in that top five to six range of the defensive tackles so it's really a guy that depending on what the need is his range could vary widely. But I do agree with you that if he can get that pass rush, the moves added to his game, he's definitely a guy you could see going early to mid round two. Yeah, that I would totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of the, the Georgia guys are going to get some – people are going to like the Georgia guys this year. They've got a really deep defensive line. Um, a lot of guys can do a lot of things, but why I kind of, again, like I was saying, kind of gives you that a high floor, if you will, uh, for that kind of prospect. Yeah. Next up, we have Tyler Davis from Clemson. He's a tr- true junior, six foot two, 300 pounds listed. Davis was a starter as a true freshman. He started 13 of the 15 games as a freshman in seven games in 2020 for a career total of 20 starts. He has 56 career tackles, 14 tackles for loss, seven and a half career sacks, and he was a four-star recruit out of high school. He's played more of a traditional role for a defensive tackle, played a little bit as a head-up nose, but mainly played here one-tech or three-tech. They did twist a little bit, but it wasn't nearly as much as what we got out of the Georgia guys, so he's a much more traditional role for a defensive tackle. What did you like best about him, Mitch? I liked a lot of Davis's game, honestly. Um, he's he's you know he's six to three hundred, like you said, and he's kind of in that short and squat mold, like kind of like your Puna Ford a little bit, maybe not as short, but you know. And I think that's probably what leads to my favorite trait about him is he's got really great ability to maintain his pad level and his leverage as a run defender. Like he's very rarely getting moved off his spot, even by double teams, which is surprising for a guy who isn't as big as. Uh, Jordan Davis or even Devonta Wyatt. So that's something you're really like. And additionally, like I liked a lot of his passion game too. Like he's got good athleticism, both like moving side to side and going forward. He's got a few pass rush moves that he's able to, you know, deploy against uh, pass rushers. Like you said, they don't stunt as much, um, but they still do a good bit of it. Uh, they, they're another team with a really deep and good defensive line. And I, you know, I was very surprised by him. I think he's got a lot of the tools that you want to see from a defensive lineman. Yeah, I would agree. I really liked his first step Mm -hmm. as well. And I thought he played with a really good motor too. I thought he was another guy with a good motor. And yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, and you have mainly you can get that out of a lot of the Clemson guys generally. You do have the occasional one like the Jordan Williams that doesn't play with a <laughs> motor. And if people know me, they know I love love Jordan Williams, but man, he does not have a motor. But you you generally get a good motor out of the Clemson guys and don't like to generalize for schools, but that is the one thing you can generalize decently well on. And for weaknesses, I wasn't the biggest fan of his hand placement. That was mine too. Yep. <laughs> I I just thought that, that if he can get that down, he has the power behind it to really be able to move people, but he just isn't placing his hands in the right spot, and that's just really hurting his ability to get into the offensive linemen really well and be able to drive. Yeah, I think this is one where our, our – our weakness, our weakest trait and our trait to improve are basically a complete overlap. Like, you know, it was there sometimes, but you know, and, and hand placement is something that, you know, I think that for a lot of guys that comes with time, especially when they're, you know, a highly rated recruit that's been winning with their athleticism or their strength for a long time. So then you're like, once you start playing a higher level competition, it's like, Oh, I actually have to like develop some technique and work at it. And, you know, Clemson obviously has a very strong pedigree of developing defensive linemen. And I think Davis is going to be the next one of those. Uh, if, you know, I think the thing for me that like stuck out to me in terms of that trait was like, even though he was able to maintain his gap, he was kind of struggling to like steer or control the block that he was facing. And I think, you know, that's, that's a relatively nitpicky thing, given the fact that he's so successful at a lot of other traits, but if that's something that he can add to his game, I think this is another guy that we're looking at who could possibly sneak his way into the end of the first round. Yeah, I definitely agree. Cause he has, like you said, the physical tools that you look for in a defensive tackle and someone, I believe he was the 24 seven sports number 60 overall player, so very highly regarded recruit one of the top defensive tackles in the country coming out and like we said um started almost immediately there at clemson mm-hmm. yeah i've said like clemson is very much not a play just not afraid to play their true freshman and we're going to get a little ahead of ourselves but how much of uh, brian Brissy did you catch residually very <laughs> little because i watched more 2019 than 2020 uh, okay. So very, very little, but I am very excited to get to dig into him a little bit more once we get, I'm going to try to dig in once we get done with the summer scouting here, just get a look at him. He's special. Like he is, he's ragdolling dudes as an 18 year old. It's insane, but that's, you know, for at least two years from now. (laughs) Yeah. He's from what I've seen, he is something to look forward to Mm -hmm. as a watch. So last up we have, who I believe will be a pretty much unanimous number one defensive tackle in the class and really has a chance to be one of the top players overall in the class. That's DeMarvin Leal out of Texas A&M. Always forget that you're supposed to pronounce the apostrophe that isn't there. <laughs> He's a junior. He's 6'4", 290. He started in seven games as a true freshman. Has a total of 17 starts, so that's 10 starts last year. Has played in 23 games, has 75 career tackles, 12 and a half tackles for loss, and four and a half career sacks. And Leal mainly lines up as a edge rusher and in a five tech role. 
but he does play inside a bit. And with his size, you expect him to be able to kick inside more in the pro game. Mitch, what did you like about him? Yeah, I think we're cheating a little bit in terms of calling him a interior defensive lineman because I think the majority of his snaps came on the edge. I'm looking at it now, like uh, at least 300 of his of his almost 500 snaps last year came as a um, Leo, as PFF calls it. So you're playing as like an outside rusher. Um, but because of that, you know, he's got even better than Winfrey, like all the, the best athletic traits in this class. And, you know, he's undersized relative to the other guys we've watched, but he does not look like he's 290, as we were talking about in the pre-show. Like he looks like he's about 270 and he's playing like he's in terms of in a positive way, he's playing like he's 270. Like he, his movement skills, his athleticism is crazy. You know, I think the reason why they were playing him outside is because they had an injury. So they kind of kicked him out to defensive end because he had that athleticism. So maybe this year he kind of reduces inside a little more and we can get some more tape of him playing as a normal defensive lineman. Um, I think you can, he can basically do anything you want. Like he's got his full complement of pass room, pass rush moves already as a sophomore um, using power and finesse. Like, I think that's not an exaggeration to say like this, this, this guy gave me Cam Jordan vibes. Yeah. I really, really loved his game. I thought some of his best traits were just, in terms of a defensive tackle, he has a lot of elite traits. He's a elite lateral mover. He has elite hand power. He has elite first-step explosiveness for a defensive tackle. And obviously the versatility. He's playing most of his snaps at edge rusher. Of course he's a versatile mm-hmm. defensive tackle. And yeah. he does reduce inside once in a while. It just isn't often. And you see him out of everything be effective you see him be effective out two point three point and four point stances and just able to do true edge rusher responsibilities he's even tagging the tight end as they go out and just doing actual edge rusher responsibilities as a guy at 290 pounds it's just amazing to see and as an edge rusher He's good. He's good as an edge rusher. He'd be a decent pick as he'd be a pretty good pick as an edge rusher. Like probably not a top, top guy just because I don't think he has that elite flexibility for an edge rusher. Yeah. Yeah. But, that, that was my, one of my knocks on him was like lack of Ben, but it was kind of just like, it's basically because I couldn't find anything else. Cause I'm like, okay, well he's playing a lot in the edge and he's not the bendy. It's like, yeah, well he's 290 pounds. Of course he isn't bendy. He's not cave on Thibodeau. This, you're asking him, but yeah, it, he's an absolute freak. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the weaknesses I wrote down and it's kind of cheating. Just like we said with uh, stills last time where it's kind of cheating because you're asking, you're looking at a defensive tackle prospect that's playing on the edge and you're looking at him to do have edge bend and it just isn't going to happen with a guy that big. And you look at Leal, he's even bigger. He's bigger and stills. Mm-hmm. And, and like you were saying in pre-show, like he's got a great frame. Like I think you could easily pack on some more pounds to that of like good weight. Like you could get him up to 300 and I think he would still look pretty lean and, you know, then, then he's playing at a more normal defensive tackle weight. I think the one thing like that I want to see an improvement in, and this isn't even a necessarily an improvement. I just want to see it more is like, how well can you defend the run as an interior, as a true interior defender? Like if you're in the B gap, like, or in the A gap as a one tech, a three tech or a two I, you know, how well are you, 
holding up against, you know, base and drive blocks. I think one thing I saw a little bit of that was like, he struggled with double teams a little bit as an interior defender. And I'm like, okay, well that kind of makes sense, you know? So, but again, that's like a pretty nitpicky thing for a guy with such elite physical tools. Yeah, I would agree. And you see, and saw him against Bama this past season. He was able to get some tips, was mm-hmm. able to pick off a pass that was tipped, just really good football IQ and just general awareness of what is going on in the game as well. And we're kind of jumping around and it's just because of excitement from how good this guy <laughs> is. It's just, he's just so good. It's hard to be able to go just strengths and weaknesses because there isn't a lot to talk about weaknesses wise. No, there's not at all a ton to talk about strength wise. I will say watching Auburn game was not fun and it wasn't anything to do with him. It was just that they kept running read option and just having him be the guy that they were reading, which is smart because if mm-hmm. he was on the, if they ran it away from him, he probably would have been able to track it down from the backside because he's an athletic freak. So probably yeah. Probably a good idea to run your option towards him just because you put him in conflict there as the one that is being read. A rare smart coaching decision by Gus Malzahn. Yeah, it <laughs> didn't happen a lot, but nope. Texas A&M happened because, man, that game was just tough to watch just because of how how much they did that. Yeah, I, uh, for, for me personally, like any game watching Auburn and Bo Nix is just going to be a tough watch regardless. But- that's fair. <laughs> but uh, where, where did you, so I think we both agree that this guy is like a, a top 10 prospect at the very least in this class overall. Obviously, IDL won. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't really think there's much of a question about that. And really, I just he's he's such a the. I wouldn't necessarily categorize him as a clean projection just because we haven't seen him have a ton of reps on the inside. And that would be the only nitpick you could really have in terms of his NFL projection is that we just haven't seen a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, like we were saying like, Oh, okay. Well maybe he's not the best as an edge defender. That's fine. We'll make him play defensive end. Won't be that big of a sacrifice. Like I'm now I'm kind of wondering, I need to watch more of the guy I'm going to bring up, but like, how could we see a possibility where he and Kayvon Thibodeau are in like a neck and neck race for uh, like the best overall player in the class or like maybe the best overall defensive player in the class? I will say I'm starting to see those takes out there. Okay. Well, good. I'm I'm not behind on the takes, but I'm also not the first guy to them. So, (laughs) yep. I have, I have seen those takes be start started being thrown out there and i am not going to say i agree but i'm not going to say it's a stupid idea to have i'm not i'm not saying i'm i'm on that train yet but i i think that there is a a pretty realistic universe that we could be approaching where that's a possibility i'm not even saying that he is better but i'm saying like you know we could get into a point where we're kind of having that debate as to who is better and you know i think that's kind of great because like we it's been a while since we've had a good healthy debate about defensive prospects as the best prospects in the draft. I feel like every year it's just quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Now we're actually going to get some diversity in this class, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. And I definitely think that it's going to be such a, such a fun draft. And obviously we have said this, there's not going to be 
a like there's not a likely defensive tackle prospect that will jump up and enter that race with Leal. But behind him, it isn't a bad class, but he's just so much better than everyone else that yeah. it's just it's kind of insane to watch it. And you're looking at a guy who we're 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 supposed to get into draft range, but the draft range, both now and if he improves stuff, is top ten and top ten. Let, let's let's play it like let's say that if if he plays primarily on the interior and for some reason they don't do anything about it, but if if he struggles as a more pure interior defensive lineman, uh, how, what are you thinking if he, he if he does fall? Like, what are we thinking? I, I don't see a way he falls out the first round. Oh yeah, just, be, totally. just because even if you say, "Hey, throw him out there, maybe drop a little weight and be a two hundred eighty-five pound edge." Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, lose some weight and get more athletic. You do it. You won't. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be like he wouldn't be deserving to be a borderline first-round pick as a edge rusher if he sure. gets a little bit more weight loss and then can hopefully get a little bit more bend with that and flexibility with that lost weight. So if you, you could go either way with them, but I feel like his high end outcome would be as a defensive tackle, if that works out. But again, worse comes to worse. He isn't strong enough to hold up in the interior. Like you said, lose a little bit of weight and he's a really good edge rush prospect. Absolutely. That'll be it for us today. We'll be going over our top five interior defensive linemen on the next episode we'll each be giving our top fives we'll give a few honorable mentions and just some general guys that we really liked and wanted to give a shout out to as well you can check out other fired up podcasts on the fired up podcast network fired up sports betting fired up wrestling fired up giants broncos titans and fired up browns hosted by me let's get fired up